airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. On American Family Radio. Sorry. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Oh, and Will, I think we have a little bit of delay. There was a little, um, there was a technical glitch just as we were going to air that I heard. Okay. And I think it may have caused a little bit of a of a delay. I'll try to work on that maybe during our next our next break. Um, but we will muddle through it as best we can to get to some of the information that we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, today, um, I guess I want to spend the bulk of the time just kind of exploring one particular topic. And it is really sort of, I guess, how we would um, take a uh, take the temperature of our of our country. And I, this is going to sound really bad. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. Um, but I guess to say it simply, when you look at what is happening in our country, and this is something that I think Christians have to reconcile. Christians have to come to grips with this. Um, we're not good. Mm. We're not good. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> by God's definition, uh, when you look at the things that, um, you know, are, are not the kinds of things that bring, um, judgment on a nation, you know, um, those things are hard to come by, mm-hmm. um, as it is in our country, there's a lot, I mean, just in abundance, the things that bring judgment on a nation, we have that. And I would say chief among the things that bring judgment on a nation, you look historically, uh, reading the Old Testament, and again, our highest standard, our highest point of reference is going to be the word of God. You know, what has God revealed to us about his character? What has God revealed to us about his care and his concern for human life, the dignity of human life? And um, probably the greatest case or the most egregious um, I would say displays of rebellion against God is the shedding of innocent blood, the mm. taking of innocent life. Mm-hmm. And our country has that in abundance. And we have created um, all sorts of ways to celebrate that. Uh, there is no shame in that. Um, there is this sort of proud walking about as it pertains to killing babies in this country. And one of the things that I want to spend the show talking about and then we'll open the phone lines at the end and get your take on it, especially as we head toward the national day of prayer um you know prayer included in prayer is repentance <laughs> okay it's not it's not just petitioning it's not just asking the lord for what we need um but it is also confession mm-hmm. and it is also repentance and our nation needs needs a fair amount of that a fair amount of confession and yeah. repentance and so i want to look at something that is happening in our country that has been going on for a while without a whole lot of, um, how do you say? I, I mean, I, I don't want to use the word hoopla because attention? you know I want to take very seriously what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Maybe a whole lot of, without a whole lot of attention. Yeah. Without a whole lot of attention, this has been going on for a while 
without a whole lot of attention. And now um, because it's growing in its popularity, if you will, Mm -hmm. in um, the midst of COVID-19, there is greater attention turned to this. And, And I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say there should have always been great attention turned to this, but it was just not something that was really on my radar personally, maybe some other um, activists and maybe some other Christians who are watching what happens on the pro-life front, um, you know, every day. Um, maybe they were aware of this. I just hadn't heard a whole lot of talk about this. And so as I started to kind of look into it, I was surprised to learn that this information is not new, that this has been going on for a long time. And I am talking about um, teleabortions. Mm. And I don't even know if many of our listeners will be familiar with that, but that is a thing whereby um, abortions are happening in this country via telemedicine, where a woman never has to leave her home, um, but she can communicate with a doctor and be prescribed abortifacients and have those mailed to her in unmarked packages and murder her baby. Guys, this this can't ever be normal for us. Right. You know, I I mean, I just we always have to feel the weight of a person who is made in the image of God, that God is the giver of life. OK, he decides conception. God decides that we have to we have to understand that. Right. So it can't ever be normal for us that a person in this country innocently. Right is murdered like that can ever be something that we just are like we say it and it doesn't jolt us we Mm. need to always be jolted by this you Mm -hmm. know don't let it be normal in your mind don't let it be normal in your heart where your heart just kind of becomes callous or a little bit hardened and you're like well that's just what they're choosing to do we have to understand that this is open rebellion against god and it's the type of behavior over which the lord destroyed nations do you understand It's the type of behavior that led to God's judgment against his own people where he says, look at the practices that you've undertaken. Look Mm. at what you've picked up. And so I was reading this information and, you know, and and then you kind of start doing a little bit of the cross referencing and and you're saying, wait a minute, this is (laughs) this has been going on for a while. But I start to think about the implications of this in our country. So so while we have um, activists who are out, who are going down to abortion clinics and while we have. Um, those who, you know, have our representatives, you know, rallied up and we say, we want to stop funding going here. We want to stop this. We want to stop that. And, and, you know, we're, we're doing this and and ultimately you end up feeling like a goalie because you're, you're trying to, you know, block the ball coming from so many different directions. And, and, you know, so, so you're feeling like a goalie, but then, you know, (laughs) there's other stuff that's happening whereby, you know, with, with just a a simple phone call, um, you know, People in their cars are getting prescriptions. That's crazy. Man, it's wicked. And then, yeah, yeah, wicked is the right word. Yeah. Wicked is the right word. And this is happening in the United States of America. And so, look, when I say we're not good, there are a lot of people who hear that and they bristle. But first thing you need to do, right, so that we can move toward repentance is have true confession. We need to confess that we're not good. We need to confess that the case that God makes against humanity, and this is how I want to start off our conversation today. We want to take a look at Romans because the case that God makes against humanity is very clear. Mm. And if you look at the way we operate 
in the United States of America now. And remember, the church is supposed to be salt and light. So we cannot point the finger at the nation in which we live without also taking a little bit of the responsibility that we have sort of removed ourselves from that in Mm -hmm. many ways as Christians. Okay, because I don't expect a nation in and of itself to be good. I expect the people that make up that nation, if they are good, then the nation will be good. Right. Hmm. If those people fear God, then the nation will have a healthy fear of God. Amen. But if the people of God or are absent or if the people of God or they're anemic, then the nation's going to be bad. It's going to be foul. That's right? right. That's right. And I mean, this this goes back to what the Tocqueville said, that America's good or America's great because she's good. Mm. Right. What did the Tocqueville discover? That the churches were full, mm-hmm. that that people were committed to their marriages. Husbands mm-hmm. loved their wives. You understand. And so you look at the decline in our nation and you don't just say, you know, <laughs> it, it just it just happened in a vacuum. We don't know how this happened. Well, it happened because in some generations, several of them. Christians didn't hold the line. Yeah. So so what is God's case against humanity? The Apostle Paul lays this out and he lays this out very clearly in in Romans chapter one. He lays out this case against humanity in Romans chapter one. And in Romans chapter one, uh, verse 18, the Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Right. And when you think about this, you start to get this picture, you start to get this idea or this thought about how men are believing where there is this um, clear example that they are operating in rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as you continue on in Romans chapter one, verses 28 through 32, and I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going to read that because we are doing these things in, in the United States of America, right? We are doing these things. And, and, and the point will be made as to the, as we you know, delve into this story, the point will be made that the case that God has against the United States of America is sound. <laughs> like yeah. we're, we are not, you know, it's <laughs> rock solid. Right. I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's no way for us to kind of slide from underneath right. or say, well, that's not us. Look at, look at all the churches we have. Which that's a that's an that's indictment, a, that's a, man. Come on, man. <laughs> come you don't want to say that. I mean, come on, man. You know, I mean, we 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 have reached saturation in the United States of America. So it's not the problem is not that we don't have churches, it's that we have input, impotent churches. Mm-hmm. It's that we have churches without power. Mm-hmm. We have churches without a fear of God, right? We have churches without a fear of God, and remember that the building does not possess the power to have the power Mm. (laughs) it's the people who would be gathered there. Right. And it's not the building that's supposed to have a fear of God. It's the people that are going to the buildings who are supposed to have a fear of God. So please don't mistake me for, you know, when you hear me talking about the churches, thinking that I'm saying that it's the buildings, Mm -hmm. we're not personifying buildings. No, we're looking at persons and we're saying that these people who, who name themselves among believers who call themselves followers of the Lord Jesus Christ have not been holding the line, have not been holding the line. Romans chapter one, uh, verses, uh, verses 28 through 32, the Bible says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, 
being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Mm. Hmm. I'll pause there just for a second. Inventors of evil things. You know, I mean, we have created, I mean, you probably could not number the industries that we have created for wickedness. I was reading some information last week, last couple weeks, and because there's so much going on with people staying home, there's one particular, and I won't mention it because I dare not give it any advertisement. Mm -hmm. There's one particular website that people had been asking because they were seeing jokes about this online, this, at least according to the story. And so people were like, what is this? What, what is it that people are joking about? And as it turns out, it's a personal sort of, you know, have your own page, adult entertainment. Mm. Wow. And it has seen a spike in people joining wow. and posting and viewing and you pay. So people make money. You pay to watch just <laughs> average Joe people post illicit material if you understand what i'm trying yeah. to say here so this is this this is america right <laughs> this is this is not good that's just one that's one area of wickedness where we connect industry to it we connect financial gain to it mm-hmm. inventors of evil things disobedient to parents undiscerning untrustworthy unloving unforgiving unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. Mm. Don't we see this guys? Don't, don't we see this, that not only do we have the type of wickedness in our country where not only do people practice open rebellion against God, but they approve Support, celebrate, affirm, make much of others who do the same. Mm. And all of it's attached to some form of industry. All of it can be monetized, which tells us that the stronghold is even greater. Whenever there is monetary gain attached to wickedness and rebellion against God, look out. (laughs) Look out. Yeah. We got to grab the break. When we come back, we'll look at this New York Times article. Of course, this is an endearing article written by them, but it makes us, the believer, quite sick. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. America, America, God shed us. On thee. We've come too far, we've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? God has been so good to this nation. God has been so good to this nation. It should embarrass us as Christians that um, we can recall the goodness and the mercy of God. Like it is. 
you know, when you think about it, you you know, I love history and there are things that, that you read and you're just like, man, this should not have worked. Yeah. Like this. There's no way <laughs> the true. sovereign hand of God like, it, you know, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, pitchforks against bayonets like, no, it, it just, you know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, <laughs> you know, um, women hanging close to signal um, messages. <laughs> this shouldn't work. This this we shouldn't have been able to pull it off. <laughs> you know, the Civil War should have destroyed us. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? There, look, all along the way, right? But the sovereign hand of God, why? For his purpose. And, and we right. have to constantly say, Lord, for your glory. Right. It's not Americanism because America, there is a purpose that is served through this. That's right. The influence of a nation God gives. Mm. What does he say? He says, if, if he decides to raise up a nation and to bless that nation, Mm-hmm. And then that nation turns against him or turns away from him. Then he can. It's his prerogative to destroy that nation. Yeah. But if a nation is wicked, but then that nation repents and turns back, then he can raise that nation up. The problem that we have gotten into in America is we think Americanism just because America mm. like just America is just independently good. And it's just because we're so great. Failing to realize that first and foremost, a righteous fear of God is what has sustained our nation. Amen. You understand that a righteous fear of God. And look, and here's the thing, though. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been perfect. But when the people's heart turned towards God, what does he do? He has mercy on them. He forgives them. Mm -hmm. He relents, if you will. But now we are in a place where there is not this pause and this turning back. We are, as Will often says, we are rebelling against God with a high hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer the thing spoken of in secret. Okay, shout your abortion comes to mind. Mm. Right. It's no longer things spoken of in secret where Mm. there is there is remorse and there is sorrow over. Look at what we've done. We don't weep over what we've done. There's no more shame. There's no shame. (laughs) There's no fear of God in their eyes anymore. Mm. So what do we, we make documentaries about it. We don't, we don't weep over it. You understand? We create hashtags around it. Mm. We, we're not sorry. And so when we look at our nation and, and there, man, you have to understand that the love that you have for your country is not just because your country independently is good. <laughs> and if we're going to get back on track, if, if we're, there must be repentance, there Amen. must be confession yes. in this country. Yes. Let's we have to stop with the sort of, you know, just the um, independent American pride that we're good. That's the kind of stuff that leads to rebellion against God. You see, that's the kind of stuff that says, well, we never really needed you like that. I mean, look, it's our own ingenuity. No, it hasn't been. No, it hasn't been. And and, and that's that has been, I think, the struggle, even with the church while we're in America is because America is known to be strong and independent and we mm-hmm. have raised ourselves up from ourselves up from our booster that type of mentality and I think the church in America has also taken that type of mentality on and when our dependence is on God mm-hmm. you know and not on being an independent nation you know yes and yes for the Christian you know and I yes. think as as the uh the the mindset of the Christian has even changed we see the landscape uh, change as well in, in this yeah. country. Yeah. The pendulum has got to swing back, folks. It's got to swing back. Our hope has to once again be in the Lord and, and not a cry of convenience, but a true understanding that, man, we have so moved away from God that we deserve whatever he says. Mm. We deserve whatever he decides. 
so here is the story. I, I was, you know, I was looking at this and I, I actually had a story um, about a month ago and I thought, whoa, this is just unbelievable. And, and I'll, I'll link these stories together. But here is the story that, you know, we need to repent. We need to repent. Mm. We're not good. And let me say this. And we include ourselves in the nation in which we live. We are. Okay. We, we are here. Do you understand? We, we are a part of this nation. So, so whatever it is that we are doing as a nation, we take responsibility for that. And we repent on behalf of our nation. And that's the thing. We should, as being a part of this nation, as Christians who live here, should know what the Bible tells us. Uh, that has to be done and and repent, you know, Amen. like we would Amen. we would be the ones to lead out in that, you know, wicked men won't repent. No, that's right. <laughs> you know, they continue on in their wickedness. Right. That's right. They know that they shouldn't be doing these things. This is what this is what the spirit of God was saying through Paul as he wrote to the Romans. They know they shouldn't be doing these things, yet they continue on not only doing them, but giving their approval for other people to do them. Mm. This is God's case against humanity. This is his case, and it's rock solid. Here's the story. The coronavirus has created a surge in demands for telemedicine of all types, including for a quietly expanding program for terminating pregnancies. Inventors of evil. The story begins um, with a woman named in, in the story. Her name is Ashley Dale. And... Um, story chronicles how she's grateful that she was able to end her pregnancy at home. She has a three-year-old daughter, realized that she was pregnant and uh, was having problems with that daughter and that baby's father and felt like she's going to be alone in this and felt like the best course of action for her was to terminate her pregnancy. In other words, you know, kill this baby, kill this baby. We can we can come up with all kinds of soft cottony words for it if we want, but to kill this baby, it is mm. it's like it's like a hitman that you can just hire by mail. Mm. It comes in an unmarked package. <laughs> you just do it at home, and you get on with life, and no one has to know that you've murdered your baby. Mm. And we don't think about that because you know we call it abortion, we, or because we call it choice. So this woman was able to talk to a doctor and uh, get a prescription for two different types of abortifacient drugs and, and, and be told how she's to take these pills. And then this New York Times article tells us that uh, she sends her three-year-old daughter away to the grandmother's house so that she can begin the process of murdering her baby at home. Mm. Now, here is something that we need to understand. And, and this is a thing that was I was like, whoa, you know, I don't think that I really knew that this was this was something that was going on. But this, as they call it, telemedicine, this telemedicine program um, has been approved of for years uh, through the Food and Drug Administration that allows women who are seeking abortions to have video consultations with certified doctors and then receive abortion pills by mail to take on their own. This has been going on since 2000. <laughs> I had no idea, but it's ramped up and it has been approved and it is increasing in the States that allow for this. 
And here was one of the things that's that's um, super shocking, because do you remember that the cry was, um, you know, if we if we stop. What is called legal abortion, I want to be very careful here because God's law is the highest law. So I don't care where you live and what human lawmakers say about it. The lawgiver says it's illegal. Mm-hmm. It is a violation of his law. The lawgiver. Okay. So you remember the cry was if we um if we don't allow women to be able to go into abortion facilities and abort mm-hmm. their babies. Mm-hmm. Remember the cry was that these women are going to die alone in back right. alleys, right. the victims of coat hangers and things right. like you remember that that yep. was the so so but here now I just you know <laughs> okay. So but now what are we doing? Now we send them abortifacients in the mail and say, just sit at home. <laughs> you don't, there doesn't need to be a doctor there for you. Just sit. You're going to have some cramping. You're going to have some clotting. But on the other side of this, you won't have to worry about this human being. Mm-hmm. This is no different. This is this. This actually, you know, for anybody who is logical, which shows that this is not a logical discussion that you're having. It's a wicked one. It's a wicked one. Because if the call is for the health and the safety of women, if we care about women, then how in the world could it be safe for someone to administer her own abortion drugs at home with no one there to help her? Anything could happen. Yeah. But but at least but but at least but at least it's not a coat hanger. At least it's not a coat hanger. Have you seen some of these these Pro-abortion, pro-death activists wearing coat hanger earrings, trying to make statements. But at least it's not. I mean, at least if if it comes through the mail, we show a little bit of our technological savvy here and it's not so antiquated. The crazy thing, all of it. Well, (laughs) all of it is crazy. Yeah. All of it is crazy. But there has been an increase in women seeking these types of telemedicine abortions. Um, Yes, during COVID-19. But the concern here is that this will become a new norm, Mm. that this will become a new norm. So what is happening in the last two months is that there has been um, an increase in women contacting medical professionals and being able to get these abortifacients. Now, what they don't have to do during COVID-19 that they previously had to do was produce an ultrasound to confirm how far along they are in the pregnancy. So they don't have to do that now. So now they don't have to produce that because, you know, women can't get into into doctor's offices and all of these. So maybe you're 10 weeks, maybe you're 15 weeks. Doesn't really matter to us. Now there are emergency, we have emergency coverage for abortions now. And so you can, you can, you know, talk to this professional. They'll, they'll prescribe this medication for you. And here's, here's the, you know, even for women who don't live in states that allow for this type of tele, telemedical abortion or whatever you want to call it, all they have to do is have an address to have the medicine shipped to. Okay, so they can, they can, you know, even if it's, if it's a post office box, if it's a hotel, Wow. All they need is an address in Man. the state where this is approved. I, I don't guys, we're not good. We're not good. 
We're, we're not, not good. good. There must be confession. There must be repentance. This is happening in the United States of America, people. You're, we're, this, this is not good. And it is expanding across the country. Mm. How, do you, how do you move on from that? How do you move on from that? Two-drug, two-step process. And I want, I, I, you know, I was reading this story. It's a, it's a long-form article here. And um, just so that our listeners understand what happens, because if you're like me, you're kind of confused as to how it can be safe to just, you know, have a conference call with someone and say, okay, well, I'm going to send you these medicines and, and this is what you do. But this is what happens. So during these consultations, the doctors will explain to the women <laughs> that uh, most women won't even experience any discomfort from the first round of drugs. Some will, right? Um, but then other women may experience some cramping and some bleeding, and mm. you know, and and that's perfectly normal, right? It's just like mm. a just like a heavy period. You don't need to worry about this. If this is shameful for you, just remember this is happening in our country. This is happening. So, so while, you know, again, because we're all on lockdown. Because we're, we're all on lockdown. But I don't care how bad we're doing in this country. We, there's always room to kill babies. Mm-hmm. That industry is not going to suffer. Wow. So even if we can't get you into the physical clinic, which we're still doing that, by the way, even if we can't get you in, we can come to you. No, 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 I'm not. No, me as the physician, as the doctor, as the medical professional, no, I'm not coming here. I don't have time for that. I mean, I'm going to send you the tools you need to kill your baby. Mm. What, oversee it? No, I'm not going to oversee it. If there's an emergency, well, then you're going to have to go to the emergency room. Man, and I can see. Trust the, your body. I can see the danger in, in this. You know, it's, it's wicked from its core. But I can see, you know, people want, taking more to this because they'll feel like, well, I'm getting rid of the, the guilt of going to a place, uh, the shame of being, you know, uh, I'm in my own home. Like it, that, make, it makes it so much. That it, is exactly right. Man, it, this is Will, that's an excellent point that you make. In fact, there was another woman who is featured in this article who says that is the reason that she chose this method of aborting her baby. In fact, saying that she is pro-life. Mm. She is pro-life. But when she learned she was pregnant with baby number two, she felt she couldn't put herself through the type of postpartum depression she experienced the first time. And she didn't want to go down to an abortion clinic and risk being spotted by someone she knew and have that Mm. kind of judgment and all of that. So Mm. it was just easier for her to teleconference (sighs) a doctor and get these pills in the mail And take them. Now, again, I don't want to offend anyone. So if the conversation about abortion sickens you, if it makes you weak, then don't listen. But isn't it time? Isn't it time for us to have those kinds of raw conversations? It's not normal to kill babies. It's not normal to kill babies. And it's amazing these companies that, you know, who operate these telemedicine networks what they feel is necessary to send to the woman along with the abortifacients. Tea bags, peppermints, mm. prescription ibuprofen oh. and nausea medication. 
and pads. You know, one woman in the story says when she opened it, it was just so comforting to have everything that she needed. But you don't have everything that you need. Come on. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Hear ye, hear ye. It's a flood warning. It's easy to mock. If you've never seen it pouring, they like. We've never seen rain before. They hear you come saying God sent us gonna pour. So we choose our way and reject salvation, though it's priceless. The same reason was stone a prophet, but you're so a psychic. So please remember when Noah was the butt of the joke. But when the flood came, those who left was chasing his boat. But it was too late. No man could stay afloat. Even in particular, um, company mm-hmm. i don't know there's there's <laughs> different ones that are operating the teleportion teleportions um but according to one report uh there's been 611 completed abortions documented through april 22nd most were accomplished with only the pills that were received in the mail uh, in 26 cases aspiration was performed to finish the termination. Mm. 46 of those women went to the emergency rooms or urgent care centers with issues that um, appear to be from, you know, something going wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, things ranging from pain and nausea, bleeding that won't stop. Three were hospitalized and treated for excessive bleeding. Another had a seizure. Hmm. But, you know, we just, we just, um, we just put it, put it in the mail. We just send it to them. Something that um, people can do in the privacy of their own homes. And again, you know, when this kind of thing becomes normal, we can tend to think that, um, that it is okay that God has accepted it. Mm-hmm. Right. We can tend to think that God has accepted this. Well, you know, this is just sort of the way our nation is. But um, the people of God need to cry out in this country. There needs to be repentance. Um, You remember what the Lord said, what the Lord God said to uh, to Cain uh, when he murdered his brother Abel. Genesis 410. He says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out (laughs) from the ground, cries Mm -hmm. out to me from the ground. The the voice of of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And somehow there is a certain, there's a certain arrogance or maybe a certain callousness that, that, you know, surrounds us that we think, well, that's not, I mean, that's, things are different now, you know, because we don't call it murder. We call it abortion. You see, right. So so we call it something different. So it doesn't have the same cry from the earth. Right. (laughs) Is, Is it, but my question is still human blood, still blood of the innocent. Is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed. I don't care how much you politicize something. You want to keep Christians out of it. You keep Christians out of it. Make it political. <laughs> no, this is a question of morality, people. This is life and death. It's not my business. I don't want to get involved in that. You know, I can't help but think of um, the, the responsibility of the church. Because there's this one person in this New York Times article who says that she is pro-life. But, um, you know, she went through postpartum depression, you know, and again, and I'm not, you know, (laughs) look, we can handle it. 
we who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can take full responsibility for how we're supposed to occupy until he comes for what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so when we fail to do that and then we see the result of that in our culture, we have to take responsibility for that. That's right. You know, you know, you you don't just step back and say, man, I can't believe the nation is just in such a downturn. Well, the question is then, you know, where are the posts? (laughs) Where are those who are supposed to be like, you know, stopping the downturn? Who are who, who are the ones who are installed? That's us. Mm-hmm. Who, who are the ones who hold up the truth and culture? Well, that's supposed to be us. And so we have to take responsibility for this. So the question then becomes, do we have the types of church gatherings that are set up that when a woman has a baby, if she goes through postpartum depression, that there are people there who can help her, who can encourage her, who can pray with her and for her? Do we have those types of communities set up? Mm. All of these things should be happening. This is the ministry of the church. This is the benefit of the church, the blessing of being in community and being in fellowship together. The article I read um, just just a couple months back, I want to say, was that the uh, the organization Doctors Without Borders, Mm -hmm. they had also they had teamed up with a website, how to use abortion pill dot org to create an online video guide on how to use pills to abort an unborn child up to wait for it, people up to 22 weeks. <laughs> wow. Up to 22 weeks. Now, for those of you for whom maybe it's been a long time since you've carried a child, or if you're a man, you have never carried a child. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you've never carried a child. <laughs> Go ahead and email me and tell me that. Come on. But let me just tell you, up to 22 weeks, your child is already moving and you feel that. You are already well aware that your baby is moving and behaving independently of you. Yeah. Doctors Without Borders, maybe some Christians sign up to help them. I don't know. Maybe you support their humanitarian work. But what are they doing? Making online video guides for aborting your baby at home. Because that's, that's a medical necessity. That's a medical necessity. Look, and we're not different. We're not different. We can look at what's happening in countries all around the world. And sometimes there are these catastrophic disasters, things that happen, you know. And, and what do we Christians say in America? We're like, mm, you know, that's God's judgment. God's judgment, but we hesitate to apply that to us when th- we're, you know, because we, because we think that we're just kind of good and we deserve some sort of special treatment. But what would happen if all across this country we were moved to confession and repentance? Mm. What would happen? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of joking right now around, you know, these killer hornets. Right. Is that what they murder, murder, hornets. murder, murder hornets. <laughs> That's right. Murder hornets. There's a lot of joking around that. The news stories continue to to be produced. Right. And people are trying to find ways to deal with it because they're still still in this sort of like um, emotional shock. That is COVID-19. Right. It's, I mean, seriously, you people are functionally in shock surrounding COVID-19. You can't tell me that that's not what's happening. 
Because the only way you can have people who understand so clearly what their rights are and what has been hard fought or hard fought for them in the United States of America, who are willing to give that up, the only way you get there is through shock. <laughs> That's it. You're shell shocked. Can't believe it's happening. So do whatever you guys want. That's how you get here. So you, people are still walking around shell shocked from that. And then you got the murder hornets. And so then how do people cope with They make jokes. Oh, this is God's judgment. Oh, it's a plague. Oh, my goodness. We can't handle it anymore. When the reality is those of us who are able to discern the times because we have the word of God and we understand things, we step back and we say, whoa, you know, there really there's some things going on here. There's some things going on here, but I'm going to tell you the way that we continue on. The way that we pretend that things are not connected, that they're just a series of events that don't have any relationship to each other. is very similar to the way, you know, some of us, we can't believe that Noah is building this <laughs> huge ark and people are watching and that they just can't. How do you keep doing that? Don't, I mean, do you really think the man is that crazy to dedicate that kind of time and the materials and the great attention to detail and specificity? You, I mean, and you just continue on. But what does the Bible tell us? That as it was in the time of Noah, it's going to be in the last days, right? Mm. That people will just continue on. They will continue mm. on. Yeah. Marrying and giving into marriage, eating and drinking, and everything is okay. And so what is happening in the United States of America that we have grown so dull to what is happening in our country? We're outraged for a day, but what about a posture of repentance? Not just, not just one call. To saying, I'm going to fast. I mean, we, we are in dire straits. But what about a posture of repentance? Where we say, I can't be entertained. There's something wrong. And here we are, while so many things are shut down, and we are looking at the very real situation on the horizon, you know, food prices going up. Your civil liberties being violated left and right, <laughs> left and right, and you're in shock, so you allow it. But at the same time, what is happening? People can make phone calls or do video conferences. Do video conferences. You can Zoom your abortion. Zoom your abortion. One of the ladies featured in this New York Times article, and by the way, we'll put a link to the story if you want to check it out in the archives. I, I recommend that you read it. We need to know who we are. We need to know what we do in this country. That is who we are. And people say, well, Miki, but I don't approve of, I don't approve of abortion. Yeah, but you don't like children. Mm. You don't approve of abortion, but you don't like children. You don't understand why Christian families in your church keep having them. Where does that mindset come from? What spirit is that of? That's not of God. All of these things we have to own. The culture has become enmeshed with the church and we don't even know the difference. Well, is that that conviction that you have, does that come from the Bible or is that just because of the way you were raised? And you think that they're one and the same, but sometimes, my friend, they're not. Mm. So how do we know? We have to check what we think and the way we operate against the straight edge that is the word of God all the time. Just because it is an American value doesn't mean it's a biblical one. I'm going to say it again. Just because it is an American value doesn't mean it is a biblical one. 
But if it is a biblical one, first and foremost, then we fight for it to be preserved in our country. Amen. Why? Because it gives men the opportunity for repentance and to see the goodness and the grace of God. But we've gotten it out of whack. Instead of leading our country, our country is leading us. Mm. That's, that's not the call. The call is for the church to be salt and light. That's those of us who are the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our provocation. That's what stirs us in the middle of the night. People say, we're losing our country. I don't recognize our country. And then when someone turns to them and says, man, have you, have you checked out the state of the church? They say, no, no, no. I mean, but, but I don't know because America's in trouble. America's in trouble because the church is in trouble. And the church is in trouble because your focus is on America. Miki, mm. we can do both. Yeah, you can, but one is suffering. <laughs> you can, but one is suffering. The American dream is not a biblical concept. Now, there are things that are great mm -hmm. about this country from the founding of it. But there are also some things that I think, you know, some people maybe would have said, maybe not the pursuit of happiness, <laughs> mm. but maybe, maybe the pursuit of holiness. Maybe the pursuit, because the pursuit of happiness will cause you to abort a child, but the pursuit of mm, holiness will not. Come on. The pursuit of happiness will cause you to abort a child. Please make no mistake about that. I mean, I want to be happy. I want to do what makes me feel good. And that's, that's part of the American dream. I'm all about life. I'm all about liberty. That pursuit of happiness part has gotten us into trouble. I want to do what makes me happy. So what if it up upsets the balance of my family? I don't care. I want to be happy. But what if, what if in the church, yes, life, liberty, but what if, what if it's the pursuit of holiness? I want to be holy as he is holy. I want to be fully engaged. I want to care about the souls of men. And striving to be holy <laughs> doesn't mean that you're always happy, okay? Like, sure, I mean, there's true. sacrifice. <laughs> but because we value pleasure and we value, you know, stuff and things and you, there's no room for holiness and a right fear of God. So it makes me sick. It makes me sick that we send pills to women and we say we care about women. It makes me sick that, you know... <laughs> The women featured in this story said that she just binge watched, you know, the Matrix movies while her abortion was happening. Mm. Helped distract her mind from the pain of her baby passing through her body to his or her death. Mm. Guys, we have to repent. We have to confess that even for ourselves, those of us members of the body of Christ, maybe in some ways we've been dull and maybe the things that we have sought after have been the things that make us happy and not those things that make us holy. And maybe that's where we've gotten in trouble. Maybe our desire and our cry must be for holiness. Lord, purify your church. No, we're not running out. 
and getting abortions in the church. Mm. Well, <laughs> we are. But we are not okaying that. But we also, at the same time, have a disdain for children. We don't think that you really, like, you know, one, maybe two. The pursuit of holiness. Mm. The pursuit of holiness. We're out of time. Sorry I didn't get to calls today. Aaron the Addisons, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.